It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Jeff Waltman has spoken, not to the media like he normally would, but he has had his first media availability. We'll break down what he had to say and why this offseason is actually ridiculously important for the Orlando Magic on a number of levels. It's time to talk rebuild, plus we'll do our daily lottery spin of the day and look at the play-in tournament on today's Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is April 14th, 2022. My name is Philip Rossmike. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, Jeff Waltman did speak to Mike Bianchi of, of the Orlando Sentinel on his open mic show on 96.9 The Game. We'll break down a little bit about what he had to say there and why this offseason is actually super important for the Magic as they begin to rebuild again. Plus, we'll chat about uh, an interesting thought that someone had when I did my tankathon spin of the day, so we'll break that down. Plus, a look at last night's play-in tournament action. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, we want to thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. No matter when you listen to us, whether it's right when we upload, whether it's in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, whenever, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day any day. Every day, sorry. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Um, Let's get this bit of news out of the way early. I've gotten this question a lot on my social media asking, when are the Magic going to have their exit interviews? Um, the Magic decided to do their exit interviews with players at least um, after Sunday's game. Uh, that was their final availability um, with the media. Um, it's certainly not something that a lot of us are happy with. I know fans aren't happy, be happy with that too. Um, we have not had a formal media gathering around Jeff Weltman, the Magic's president of basketball operations. I, I'm told that that will happen um, uh, happen sometime in the future. Uh, again, it's 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 it's. I agree uh, that the, the Magic right now have uh, have a huge have a big problem in kind of just being upfront with fans and and, and to that extent the media, um, and that has certainly led to frustrations uh, everywhere. So I share those frustrations. I share those uh, thoughts as well. Jeff Feldman, though, was made available um, or did do an interview with Mike Bianchi on Open Mic uh, on 96.9 The Game here in Orlando and discussed a little bit about uh, the season. Just kind of gave his uh, gave sort of his exit interview that way. Um, and so it is our first chance to hear from Jeff Weltman uh, after the season ended. Uh, one of the big takeaways that he had uh, in, in that interview was to say that in, in a lot of ways, yes, the Magic did accomplish a lot of their goals. Um, they knew they would take their lumps this season. They took plenty of them. Um, but he said they, he was happy with how the team improved as the season went on, as the season uh, got, got, you know, as the season got toward its end, the team improved. 
They really bought into what Jamal Mosley was, was teaching. And, and we saw individual growth and development um, from the team. Um, it, was, it was actually an interesting point that Jeff Weltman made. Um, the, the analytics team actually kind of split the season in before Jalen's injury and after Jalen's injury. Um, the, the, the hand injury that he had in December. Um, and, and there was quite a difference in how the team played uh, Team played uh, in that time period. And it's something that's probably going to be worth digging into a little bit deeper, at least with publicly available data, because I'm sure the Magic's analytics team has um, a lot more available to them and a lot more that they can dive into and dig into as far as the numbers go. There's something to that for sure, and I and I would agree with that assessment. Um, I thought the Magic had a pretty solid season. Um, like I said, my goal for the season was to see uh, and the outline of what this team wants to be and the outline of who this team wants to be. And if we take Jamal Mosley and his words from the beginning of the season that they're going to play with space, pace in the past, that they're going to play uh, together, tough, and you know, together, tough, and talking on defense. There's a lot of good that you could find in all of that. So. Again, so again, Magic were a top 10 in league and pace, which they haven't been in a very long time. Uh, they were top 10 in defensive rating after January 1st, so more than half the season. Um, they they For, for a, a, a chunk that is more than half the season, they were one of the top defenses in the league. Um, and they, you know, they, they, they took more threes than they've taken in franchise history. So there, there is something to all of that. Um, so the Magic did do things good. They did good things. Um, this wasn't some lost season. This wasn't some season that wasn't full of the development that the Magic wanted to see. They accomplished a lot of goals. They accomplished a lot of things that they wanted to accomplish uh, this year. Um, of course, now it's about taking those next steps. And, and, and that's the big thing right now. And that's the big mystery that we all have is, well, okay, what are those next steps? What is the kind of next level, uh, you know, Jamal Mosley said it after Sunday's game. Now we have to level up. Now we know what an NBA season's like. We know what it's like to play together. Now we got to go from level one to level two and beyond. And, and that's the big question. That is undoubtedly a big question facing this team and this organization right now is how do we get to that next level? Um, and that's going to put the, the focus squarely on Jeff Weltman and his staff and what he ends up doing. That's going to put the focus squarely on this front office to start taking those steps forward. The number one thing I hear from Magic fans, and it's a fair complaint. I don't ever mean to dismiss this complaint, even as I argue, even if I even as I push back against it, is that this has been a 10-year rebuild. And to some extent, those guys, those people are right. Asking for patience for from a fan base from a franchise that has had very little to cheer for for 10 years since Dwight Howard left is asking a lot. It, it really is. Um, and while I would continue to say this is the first year of a rebuild, it, it, you got to kind of go through this process. Um, it, it It's a lot to ask fans to stick around. And like I said last week, this magic, you know, the magic lost a generation of fans because they were, they couldn't get their, their act together for 10 years, for a decade. Um, no doubt. Um, they're trying to build that back up, and they have a very likable group. They have a group that plays really hard, that plays an entertaining style of basketball, but they still need the thing to tie it together. And yeah, they need on-court success. Um, it's a little early, perhaps, to set goals for next year, but I think it's a fair goal to say the Magic should not have one of the worst records in the league next year. I think it's a fair goal to say the Magic should be in, maybe not in the play-in tournament, but in the play-in tournament conversation past the All-Star break. 
Um, it, it, I think it's fair to say that this team should be at minimum at 30 wins. And that seems like a big jump, but it's not really that big of a jump. We'll talk more, I think, uh, on that subject on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. How Weltman gets the magic there, though, is going to be the real challenge. And, and, and this is where executives make their money. This is where executives really prove themselves. It's, it's easy to tear down a team. It's easy to, to look at a team and say, we, this isn't working. You know, as Weltman told Bianchi, you know, we, we, we kind of hit our ceiling. We were, no lo- we were no longer had momentum moving forward to improve, and that's when the decision was ultimately made. To, t- to tear things down. It's, it's easy to trade Nikola Vucevic for whatever you can get. It's easy to trade Aaron Gordon for whatever you can get. The tear down part is easy and, and it follows a, a pretty set pattern. You tear down, you get draft picks, you get young players, you let them grow, you lose, you get a high draft lottery pick, and then you start climbing back up. But that climb is treacherous and it is not easy to do. Once you're down in the de- in the muck like the Magic are, there is no guarantee you ever climb back out. Just look at Sacramento. Look at how Minnesota felt just for making the playoffs. It's hard to climb back up in this league, and you need a little bit of luck, and you need the right guys, and you need the right balance of young players and veterans to get the job done. It's not easy to do. But that process has to start now. It certainly starts with whatever happens on May 17th in the NBA draft lottery, but that can't be the only thing. Orlando's got to find the right veterans, the right guys to bring in to support this roster. They got to have their young players commit to their development. Take this time. I mentioned la- I mentioned uh, earlier in the week, one of the key dates on our calendar is Summer League. Um, you know, Weltman, Weltman was asked about Summer League in his interview, and he said, you know, Summer League is really for people who didn't get the reps that they that they needed in, in the NBA regular season, which is an interesting approach to Summer League. And I'm, I'm not going to say I totally disagree with it. Um, you know, we don't need to see a lot of Franz Wagner in summer league. And also we don't need to see a whole lot of Jalen sucks, but it is a checkup. And, and, and I suspect that the practices are far more important than the games when it comes to summer league, but it is a chance to check up on these players and check up on their progress and check in and see, okay, this is where this player has improved. This is where he's gotten better. And again, the magic are so young. I am sure a ton of them will be in Vegas and there will be a practice where they are, where the veteran players, the older players, the, or, you know, the, 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 the main, the mainstay players, are, are participating and getting their reps in with this group as well. Would not surprise me if that is the case. And that's where, you know, the foundations are, are, are formed. And, you know, we know the magic, prob- you know, the magic will probably organize a team outing, a team workout outing in, in August or September as well to, to get themselves ready for the season. There is a lot that can go wrong here. Um, I'm an optimistic guy. I'm optimistic about this team. I like the direction that this team is headed. I like the things that this team has been be, has been building and, and and the foundations they've laid. That a lot of that can get erased really quickly. It's not like this is on firm ground. The Magic have to build another layer on top of it. And yes, they need to add talent. That's the bottom line. Everyone knows it. Everyone understands it. Figuring out how to add that talent, though, is the question. Figuring out how to find the right players or invest in the right players is the question. I don't anticipate, despite the Magic having a ton of cap room, I don't anticipate the Magic being players in free agency. I don't anticipate the Magic being major players in the in the, in the trade market as far as acquiring upper-level players. They're going to roll with their guys, their draft pick, the guys that they have on this roster. They're going to look to supplement them and make them better and emphasize them. But very, very soon, the Magic are going to have to make some decisions. Very, very soon, the Magic are going to have to decide, are we this team? Whose team is this? 
and figure out how to move forward there because the playing tournament isn't that far away. And the Magic should be in a position where they're eyeing that tournament next season. Weltman has a lot of work ahead of him this offseason. It's a critical offseason for the Magic, as every offseason is for a rebuilding team. There is no standing still in the NBA. That was a mistake Weltman perhaps made with the 2019 and 2020 teams when they rolled back the same roster, just hoping for internal growth and in injury luck. They didn't get either. They stagnated. They fell, they fell down and fell flat on their face to force them into this rebuilding. You know, honestly, while I think the Magic were hampered by a lot of external factors in that, um, Weltman certainly deserves some criticism for not being able to advance that 2019 team further than they were. Uh, we knew they needed more. We knew it wasn't just going to be internal growth that would get them there. Um, but that core that that core got stretched as far as it could, could stretch. This is a fresh opportunity, obviously. And the Magic have to be finding ways to make this team better. Again, there is no standing still. And while the Magic are at the bottom of the, uh, the to- uh, of the pyramid right now, it doesn't take a lot to climb back up and it doesn't take a lot to fall back down. That's really the balance here. Obviously, we'll see what happens May 17th and is that will be a critical date. We're doing our daily take-a-thon spin of the day. I had an interesting thought that came out of this of, of, of yesterday's take-a-thon spin of the day. So we'll t- take day three of the take-a-thon spin of the day coming up here in just a moment. But first... BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making Locked On Magic your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. If you don't know already, we are in NBA draft lottery mode. We want to make sure that the draft is front and center in our coverage here because it is such an important part of the offseason. The NBA draft lottery is May 17th. So every single day that I remember to do it, Every single day that I remember to do it, I am taking one Tankathon spin on the Twitter page at OmagicDaily. Um, you can check it out there. Uh, I will maybe try and retweet it, retweet it from my personal account as well. But um, I, I'm doing a Tankathon spin every single day, kind of analyzing what that means, taking your suggestions on who the Magic should pick, um, and moving on from there. And it's just going to be our way to just kind of touch on the lottery every single day. Talk a little bit about the different possibilities. Um, you know, if you know, if you listen to me, you talk with me, I will tell you that the lottery is completely random. I think doing a spin, a, a single spin every day shows the randomness of it. You'll take some stock of, of where the magic have landed in each spin. 
um, you know, just kind of show you what the numbers would say. Cause again, it's just a one spin thing, one spin thing in reality. I will, of course, closer to the lottery, do my explainer on how the lottery actually works. Um, it does not work like Tankathon. Um, as great as a resource as Tankathon is, and as great as a resource as some of those lottery simulators are, they don't actually simulate the lottery in the way that the lottery is actually conducted. Um, and, and I don't know if that changes, changes. If you understand how the lottery is actually conducted, I don't think it, I don't know if it changes how you view the lottery or not. Um, it, it does a little bit for me. It, I think it does add to the importance of having the number one pick, but or having the, the number one spot. Um, but again, I think the magic are in a very, very good, good, uh, situation nonetheless, uh, to, to get, uh, to get a really good draft pick, to get a really good draft pick here. Um, as we know, the Orlando Magic finished with the second worst record in the league. They have a 52.1% chance of landing in the top four, a 14% chance of getting the top pick. And in day three of our Tankathon spin of the day, for the second time in three days, the Orlando Magic landed with the sixth pick. I think it's really important to remember that despite all those favorable odds, there's still a one in five chance the Magic land with the sixth pick. It is the worst case scenario if Houston and Orlando both are not in the top four. Um, typically, at least two teams drop out of the top four um, since they since they went to the to the flattened lottery odds. So it is it is literally a coin flip whether the Magic will get one of these top four picks. Landing at six opens up a ton of ton of opportunities still though and a ton of things. The first thing I want to talk about is the news that came out yesterday. Uh, yesterday, Benedict Matherin of Arizona announced that he will enter the NBA draft. Matherin is considered a, a surefire top 10 pick. He is a rangy 6'6 guard, decent shooter. I wouldn't say he's a great shooter yet, but he is a decent shooter. Fantastic defender. Has the wingspan that checks everything out for this Orlando Magic team. The big question with him has always been his decision-making off the dribble. He is a scorer first. He is not a, he is not necessarily a playmaker. And so the question is, can he be a, a, a star-level player if his decision-making and ball handling gets better? Or is he just going to be kind of a 3 and D wing? Not a bad thing either way. I would be very, very comfortable. If the Magic landed sixth, I would be very, very comfortable with the team taking Benedict Matherin. I, I cannot recommend the article on The Athletic about Matherin enough. This kid has a really interesting history, a really interesting upbringing. Um, that and a lot that he's overcome. Uh, I think I think one of the criticisms people have had of him is he's a bit shy and quiet. Um, but he really came into his own as a leader for Arizona. He had the best individual game of the NCAA tournament, so stepped up in a huge game against TC to help Arizona beat them in overtime. Um, I think he's a very very good player. I, I don't know if he's a star. Um, and obviously that's the number one thing that the Magic are chasing here uh, if they can find it. Um, but. I think I would be very, very, very comfortable taking him if, if at six, if that's where the Magic ultimately end up landing. He is definitely in that group of players that the Magic would be looking at, uh, looking at if they fell to the sixth pick. Having said that, uh, an interesting comment that I got uh, to to my, uh, you know, other than just everyone saying Shaden Sharp, which is who we talked about the last time with the Magic, the Magic landed with the sixth pick. But an interesting uh, uh, I thought that I got was from uh, at I am underscore clout. Um, honestly, I'd attempt to send anything under top five away in a package with one of Cole Anthony or RJ Hampton and Terrence Ross for a guaranteed star player. This is an interesting idea. This is an interesting thought to leverage the Magic's draft pick to get a, a more established veteran. Um, and I don't think trading is necessarily off the table. Obviously, if you're a good GM, you're analyzing every information. We'll talk more about draft trades a little bit later on, but this is a good time to bring it up here too. What is the Magic strategy this offseason? That's that's kind of the big deal. 
Um, that's kind of the whole going thought here. Um, and it's not so much what's the strategy. It's more about what do they believe in their roster right now? Obviously, the Magic are looking for star player. And, and, and what I would argue is the way you get star players now is not through free agency. Free agency is the past. It's dead. Players are really smart. The top players especially know that, hey, I can get a max contract, you know, bird rights, all that jazz. Um, not necessarily the jazz, but all, I can get max bird rights and all that sitting in my chair right here, not doing anything. Um, I can get I can get everything that I want that way. And then if I want out later, I can go ask out later. The, the goal in the NBA now is to have enough assets, to have enough good players. You know, so Daryl Morey was the was revolutionary in this with Houston um, before Hart, the way he got James Hart. Have enough assets in your back pocket to go out and make that star trade. That's the goal. And, and we talked about this a lot um, uh, under Steve Clifford and, and, and in the early years of Jeff Waldman saying, okay, the Magic have a nice thing going with this playoff team. Nikola Vucevic is a nice player. They need Aaron Gordon to be a little bit better so they can use him to go out and get those guys. We talked about Russell Westbrook, remember. The Magic were favored to get Russell Westbrook because they had the assets. And, and I think I said at the time, I wasn't in favor of chasing Russell Westbrook, but it's a good thing that the Magic are in the race. And, and obviously, again, pretty Fair criticism, Jeff Weltman. He waited too long to make that move, and that that roster kind of fell apart. Um, you know, there's definitely a time to strike and go for it, and, and the Magic did. Weltman said it best uh, with Bianchi. The Magic have all of their assets. They haven't pushed their chips to the middle yet. They have all their draft picks. They they literally own every single one of their draft picks. They have extra draft picks in reserve. They have a clear cap sheet. They can go out and sign or absorb any contract they want, essentially. They have a lot of really young players with high upside. And so, you know, the league hasn't decided what a lot of the players are. And so there's still value in that. If the Magic wanted to go out and make a move to go get a star player, and I think a lot of the action that we're going to see this offseason, because it's such a, a weak free agent market, both player-wise and team availability-wise, I think a lot of the action we're going to see is through trades. I think we will see a ton of trades this offseason. I think the Magic will be in those in some of those trades as a facilitator to get a piece that they want and use their cap room in reserve like that could and should the magic then be aggressive. Um, if they don't like where they end up picking, if they end up picking sixth, is that a spot where they can be aggressive to go get a star? Can they, can they package a couple guys? Now I don't think Terrence Ross, I think Terrence Ross is definitely a trade candidate this offseason, but I don't think you'd be able to package him to go get a star. Um, a, a rebuilding team does not have much use for Terrence Ross unless they're just going to buy him out. Um, that that's a trade where the magic go to a, a contending team and say, Hey, you need some extra shooting. Here's Terrence Ross. Give us this young guy that, that, you know, you're not waiting on to develop or, or, or something like that. That's the kind of trade that we're looking at for Terrence Ross that, and, you know, maybe, uh, and some flotsam, some, some, uh, a big contract that, that nobody wants either. Um, that's the kind of trade we're looking for with Terrence. That's the kind of trade we're probably looking at with Terrence Ross. Not saying that an idea where you go out and get a star is not possible, but the star trade is very much you push your chips in the table. Um, if the Magic wanted to get into, you know, I, I don't know who's going to be available, that that would be in their range. But essentially, you go out and get a guy like that. You have no previous relationship with him. He's starting to look out the door, too. He, you got to prove yourself to him as much as anything else. And so you need a roster that is ready to compete. The Charlotte Hornets are active in all these trade discussions. They've already been linked to Russell Westbrook, which would be a terrible idea. Because they already have something. They've been in the play-in tournament twice. They need something extra. Would not surprise me if Terry Rozier is on the table. And, and, you know, again, maybe that's someone the Magic get in on. 
um, Gordon Hayward, you know, just to, just for some one year stability, maybe those are guys the Magic get in on. Gordon Hayward's got a ridiculous contract. Terry Rogier's contract's kind of big too. Um, you know, they, I think they help it, at this stage. I, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm against that idea just on its face. I'd have to do a little more research. Um, but is that work a top six pick? Probably not. Um, you know, uh, is the level of player that you want to chase for giving up this high value traffic that you spent a whole year kind of angling yourself for? Is or is that level of player worth it? No. Are you going to be able to get a star for that pick? Probably not. Too. Um, you know, you're probably looking at a team that's on its way down, that's looking to rebuild, looking to tear down, wanting that jump start for a draft pick. They're not just going to want that draft pick. They're going to want multiple draft picks, and they're going to want some of your young players too. It's if you're going to push your chips into the table to go get a star player in a trade, you need to be ready to compete immediately. And again, that's why I think the Magic are going to stay relatively quiet on that front. I think the Magic will use their cap room to facilitate trades, not to make trades. Um, they're they're right now invested in their guys. Um, and I think there are decisions that have to be made on the Magic's young players and on the Magic's roster. They're still way too young. Uh, but they have to start looking for ways to, to move this team forward as well. But I don't think a star trade is in the offing. I don't think the Magic will be that aggressive. Could they be aggressive to move up in this draft? Maybe. That might be something worth doing at this stage of their rebuild, at this stage of their process. But I don't think the Magic are willing to give up multiple firsts to go get a guy. Um, I don't think the Magic are looking for, as Jeff Waltman has termed it before, a sugar high. Um, you know, they're, they're not looking to just make the playoffs just to make the playoffs. They're not desperate to make the playoffs. They want to see this team grow and develop. And so they're going to be looking for ways to help foster that growth. And I don't think that's something that's just going to happen. We're going to talk a little bit about last night's play in tournament games and what we've learned so far coming up here in just a moment. But first, Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Ray's insane protection program. Shady Ray's includes lost and broken protection on every pair. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them no matter what happened. So give them a try. And if you don't love them, you will pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Ray's exclusively for our listeners. Head to ShadyRays.com and use code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code LOCKEDON for their best deal of the season, 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Ray sunglasses backed by uh, 150,000 verified five-star reviews. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home, but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
So last night, the play-in tournament had their first elimination games, and they were doozies. The Atlanta Hawks blew out the Charlotte Hornets. Um, not a lot to say there. Charlotte just looked, frankly, unprepared. Um, they just got blitzed. They got frustrated. Um, LaMelo Ball and I think Terry Rozier went to their to, to their demons um, and went hero ball. They both took twenty more than 20 field goal attempts. They both shot less than 50%. They really just struggled, and, and and after getting blown out last year by Indiana in the play-in tournament, getting blown out again this year, Indy, uh, Charlotte's got some real questions. If you're looking for a team that's going to be aggressive this offseason now, Charlotte knows their window's open. They know LaMelo Ball is that dude. They're going to try. I think they're going to really work to remake their roster. I don't know if they're going to re-sign Miles Bridges, um, but I would expect Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward to be shopped pretty heavily. Uh, after that performance, Atlanta, I had Atlanta winning the eight seed. I think they're going to beat Cleveland. Um, the game Friday should be a really fun one uh, between two really interesting young teams. Trey Young is just Trey Young. He struggled, but he found his way to get through that game. And, and so a really impressive performance from him. The game everyone's talking about is New Orleans beating San Antonio. Again, a lot of it is because it might be Greg Popovich's last game. It, it uh, His future really feels uncertain. That San Antonio team is very much how the Magic want to be. They're, they They competed. They played hard. They they don't have a superstar. DeJounte Murray was an all-star this year, but they don't have like a, a traditional star player. They have a lot of really good young guys. If you're looking for a model for how the Magic want to kind of take their next step or get into the play-in tournament, if they're going to do it next year, they're going to do it exactly the way the San Antonio Spurs did it. And I think there's there's a real study there. Um, I will be doing my playoff lessons. I'll dive a little bit deeper into their numbers and, and kind of figure out what lessons the Magic can glean from how the Spurs found success this year. And a lot of it was like the 2019 Magic, they were dead in the water. They came back. New Orleans was much the same way. Um, New Orleans did do an all-in trade. They had an all-star in Brandon Ingram. They pushed their chips in to get CJ McCollum, and it worked out brilliantly. And they got another draft pick coming from the Lakers. So they had they had they definitely had some house money to play with. CJ McCollum was just absolutely brilliant. And, and you look at New Orleans uh, and and just the way McCollum was able to, to kind of weave his way through traffic. You know, when you get into the playoffs, you need you need shot makers. Um, that's that's just the truth of it. The guys who've been successful um, in the play-in tournament so far, Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Trey Young, um, CJ McCollum, to some extent Brandon Ingram, who's dealing with foul trouble in that game. Um, those guys are just shot makers. They make tough shots. They weave their way in and out of the defense. They make tough shots. And that is that is just... So key in the playoffs. I, I've, I know I've said this a million times when it comes to the playoffs. The playoffs are all about what can you do when the defense knows you're coming. Um, you can't be predictable in the playoffs. You have your sets to get guys the ball in the spots, but you're going to be always pushed off your spot. You're always going to be pushed out of your comfort zone. And so you need guys who are comfortable playing uncomfortable. Guys who can still get to their spots, still get where they want to go, even when the defense knows exactly what you're doing and is primed to stop you. That's what the playoffs are all about. That's why it's a completely different animal than the regular season. The regular season, you got one day to prepare for things. You don't have time to drill exactly how you're going to counter and, and, and deal with these guys. You have a walkthrough to get it done. And the playoffs, you have a book. You literally have a book that tells you everything you need to know about the other team. Um, and it's such a completely different animal. Even in these play-in tournaments, you see how completely different it is, how you know, it's just, a, it's about making plays. Um, it, it's not, it's, you throw, you know, yes, the plays, the structure, it all matters, but at the end of the day, you got to go out there and make a play and good offense beats good, good defense every single day. Um, better offense beats good defense. It's, it's a defense gets you to the playoffs, but offense is going to win you a championship. 
Um, that's that's why Atlanta just has to get in and they're so dangerous. That's why Brooklyn just has to get in and they're so dangerous. The Magic, you know, this is a really important point to make about the Magic. The Magic were a really good defense since January 1st. They were the worst offensive team in the league since January 1st, and that's why they lost games. They simply could not score enough, and if you don't score enough, your defense cannot sustain itself. It doesn't matter how good your defense is. So the big lesson from yesterday's playoffs is you got to get shot makers. You know, the Magic relied heavily on Cole Anthony because he's really the only guy on the team that is a true perimeter shot maker. They want Jalen Suggs to get there. Whether he does is certainly a question. Franz Wagner certainly should get more opportunities to be a shot maker. I pressed and said, big thing he needs to develop this summer is a pull as a pull-up mid-range jumper. If he does that, he's he's earned the providence of the stars. The mid-range jumper is the providence of the stars. He's earned the right to do that. And if he adds that to his game, he's gonna be ridiculously dangerous. Um, it, the magic just the magic need needed a, a shot maker. Um, and again, that's why this draft is so important and why, like I said, I I, I don't dislike the idea of chasing after a Terry Rogier if, if that's a guy that's available. I don't know what it would cost to get him or what Charlotte's gonna be looking for him. Probably not anything the magic have or are willing to offer, but um, you know, like I'm not, if the magic end up drafting a guard, I'm not wholly against chasing after, you know, giving TJ Warren a, pro, a one-year prove it deal and saying, Hey, be our, be our score this year. And we'll, we'll figure, we'll figure things out from there. Um, I, 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 I think, you know, again, I, that, that's about as aggressive as I would get, but the magic needs shot makers. They need guys who can just put the ball in the basket and score a ton of points. That's what I learned from the playing tournament. Uh, this, uh, Last night, we'll obviously learn a lot more on Friday when elimination games continue. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow me on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast uh, on Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, tune in, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, all the information on the podcast, your podcast, and able listen device. You can follow me on Twitter at R underscore MD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Now that you're done listening to us, be sure to check out the Locked On NBA podcast. From the first jump ball of the play-in tournament to the last possession of the finals, Locked On experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Reich. See you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.